What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode 155 of the Justin Insight Podcast, a show where we talk to people involved in the world of alternative music and discover their journey through it. Uh, as always, I am your host, Tim Birkbeck, and as always, well, not as always, but at the moment, coming you, to you from another week in lockdown, still surviving, um, but we're back, we're here with another episode. Uh, just want to say a massive thank you to everyone who checked out our returning episode to the podcast world last week with uh, Stu Ross from Misery Signals and Comeback Kid. Um, I was a little bit anxious kind of getting back on the horse, so to say, but I'm glad that episode got a, a good sort of response and got a few people talking, which is nice to see because it's not something I necessarily kind of did before. I didn't really kind of engage with where people were listening to it and stuff, but it was nice to see people sharing the episode and stuff. So if people want to do more of that, awesome we're on all the socials just search just an inside podcast you'll be able to find us and all that malarkey um whilst i'm on a bit of self-promotion uh just a reminder if you want to support this podcast whether it's your first time listening or um the 155th time you're listening as always uh if you can subscribe rate review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on then that goes a million miles to to help us reach more listeners and as i say if you share this on your own social media feeds share it there yeah, i can't talk share it on your instagram story give us a retweet it really really helps us and it makes me happy when i see those things so make me happy please thanks um also as mentioned last week but we've uh, updated our patreon so if you fancy supporting us that way Head over to patreon.com forward slash just an insight podcast um, and you can see the different tiers of benefits that we're offering on that as well. Uh, finally, just one more thing before we get into the show proper. If you want a double dose of me this week, uh, my good friend and former guest on this podcast, Simon Walker from Rash Decision, Monolithian and various other projects that he does, uh, he invited me on his podcast, The Seabin Podcast. Uh, which was loads and loads of fun. Um, it's a really cool show. If you don't know know about it, it's basically like punk rock room 101. So it's yeah, it's real fun on there. So that's also out today, Tuesday. Um, so if you want to head over to Spotify, search Seabin Podcast um, and hear me rant and ramble about things that grind my gears. So yeah, and a massive shout out to Sai again for, for asking me to be on that podcast. It was an honour. And a real good laugh. Um, right, so this week, my guest, I'm joined by organ player and vocalist of the awesome winter passing, Kate Flynn. Um, I really enjoyed having this chat with Kate because I've had the opportunity to meet her a few times, but we've never really had like an in-depth, in-depth, turned Australian, in-depth conversation um, with them. So it was really nice to, to sit down and have a proper chat with them and get to know them a bit better um we discuss her kind of living out her pop fan uh, fantasy through some of the band's newer material um which we get into in the conversation uh how she's kind of come to terms with dealing with her own anxieties and sort of all the things that surrounding mental health that she's kind of gone through um and what it's kind of meant to her growing up and seeing other women in punk and and how she was kind of drawn to that and how that sort of formed her as a, a woman in, in some aspects. I hope I haven't kind of spoken out of turn in, 
in that phrase. But yeah, it's all kind of explained in the conversation as always. I'm paraphrasing. Um, but also just want to say uh, this was recorded slightly ahead of the release of uh, The Winter Passing's new album, which is called New Ways of Living. Uh, you can pick that up now on Big Scary Monsters Records. Uh, it's also on all your various streaming platforms. Anyway, sit back, enjoy the chat I have with Kate, and I'll see you on the other side. Joining me this week on the Justin Insight podcast is vocalist and organ player of the Winter Passing, Kate Flynn. Kate, thank you very much for taking some time out of your day to to join me. How how are you? How's life? How's lockdown treating you at the moment? Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, lockdown's been weird uh, for me. Um, I suppose like I'm I was still kind of working throughout it. I work like um, I'm a support worker for uh, adults with intellectual disabilities. So I was kind of working mm. um, throughout it. Uh, it was strange. Honestly, now, like the restrictions have been lifted a little bit in Ireland. I actually feel like I kind of missed the quarantine a little bit. <laughs> um, I think like my anxiety around like having to go back outside into like, you know, filled streets with cars and stuff like is kind of more daunting to me than having no cars out on the streets. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? Because like I've obviously here's still a bit different because we're still technically in lockdown, but things mm -hmm. are starting to ease. But I remember like before things were lifted and there was still that like there was that really hot weekend and people were like going down the beach and things yeah. and like I live on the south coast so it was like I just wanted to take my dog for a walk and then all of a sudden there was like these hundreds of people and I'm like oh sort of thing. so yeah. yeah a bit weird for sure but, um, what like what's it been like in in Ireland because obviously we can I only sort of go off what we hear on the news sort of thing so has it been dealt with well over there or is it kind of a similar situation to here um it was dealt with i mean pretty well um i suppose i think we went into lockdown a little bit earlier than the uk did um hmm. it, yeah it was it was dealt with pretty well but it's in i mean during the circumstances i i don't even know what well constitutes but like you know <laughs> yeah. um it's it's definitely a strange one and um, like Ireland has been kind of in the last like week or two like most restrict like I think you know hairdressers and barbers and all that kind of stuff went back to work yesterday so yeah. it's been honestly for me I'm like kind of like I'm so happy to see like you know like my brother is a barber so I'm so happy to see him go back to work and um, I know that he was missing it but at the same time I've I'm kind of like, oh god, this all feels a little bit too soon or something. It's kind of like yeah, a bit yeah. daunting or whatever. Um, but I suppose like you know, people. I I don't know. Maybe where I'm from, like people are really respectful of like social distancing and like you know wearing masks and stuff like that as well. So um, I think as a country, we've probably like kind of banded together well. Uh, there are obviously the certain groups that haven't done that and like yeah. continue to do anything else, but you know, just follow the rules for a little while and we'll all be over kind of a thing. But um, I suppose in terms of like even 
the numbers and stuff like they're not kind of it's not the way it was over the first couple of weeks they are kind of stabilizing a little bit which is yeah to see um but yeah it's definitely a weird thing i can't believe like we're living through this it's kind of like yeah i know <laughs> so i keep i keep saying to like friends of mine and my parents and things like it'd be really interesting to see like not just because of the whole pandemic thing but just everything that's gone in in this first six months of the year yeah. like how 2020 is going to be looked back on in history like it's just such <laughs> a weird year but I saw this um, meme of like uh, somebody, you know, even like saying 2020 and like someone just like having all of these like kind of thoughts back to like the trauma of like, you know, <laughs> yeah. face masks and, you know, uh, Zoom calls. <laughs> like it's just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so like, it's, it's funny, but like at the same time, like I can understand that like this year for like myself included, like has just been like, uh, what happened? It feels just like some yeah, yeah. like a standstill on time for everybody, you know. Yeah, um, which is definitely. Whereabouts in in Ireland are you at the moment then? Because so, I know obviously Rob's in in Dublin, but where are you? Yeah, so I'm in like Ross Grey, um, Tipperary. It's like smack bang in the middle of Ireland, the middle of nowhere. Um, yeah, so like it's a tiny little town. Um, that's where like me and Rob and Jamie from the Winter Pass and all grew up. Um, right. Well, it's like a really really small town um so it's kind of actually quite a number of the covid cases were in my town um in oh, shit. ireland yeah because um a factory here um had like a major outbreak of it and it like i mean it's kind of the type of town that like there's the factory and then there's the place I work, which is like a, a you know, a charity for um, adults with intellectual disabilities. And because the town is so small, uh, like these two employers are the, the employers of the whole entire town. Yeah. So yeah. Like, it's like genuinely when the factory went down, we were like, oh God, oh God, it's the end of the world. Uh, because yeah. it's like, you know, um, yeah. Well, cause the reason I asked is because I wasn't sure if you'd kind of been able to the opportunity to sort of like see family, see Rob and, and things. But I know obviously like your parents obviously are, are in that town and stuff. So have, you, have you been able have you been able to sort of. Yeah, I, I went out quite like, I mean, we in Ireland were allowed at like a five kilometer distance for like quite some time. And like I was thankfully able to like that was within like my house and my parents house. So I kind of went out like and would just like do a little bit of a drive by and stay in the car and say hello. And like my mom turned 60 during quarantine as well. So, oh, wow. yeah. So we kind of had like a this social distance, you know, <laughs> birthday party out in our backyard. <laughs> yeah. And like Rob was on his like an iPad, like at one end of the table. <laughs> so it was like, yeah, it was just weird. Like I, it's definitely not the way that I would have liked to celebrate her 60th. But like at the same time, we just like keep saying like, we'll, we're never going to forget it ever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I was really, really grateful that I was able to like still see them, to be honest. Because um, like I would be a little bit of a home bird and, you know, really family orientated as a as a human so like I just like it would have killed me not to be able to see them yeah but um I only got to see Rob uh god it could have been like two weeks ago uh when he came down which because uh they were kind of allowed to travel a little bit further then and um yeah it was just even seeing him or even having like been around anybody uh, 
it was just kind of like oh wow <laughs> uh, it feels <laughs> yeah. like outer body-ish kind of you know yeah no I get that um well we'll get on to to more exciting things and talk about music <laughs> and, and your journey and stuff um usually I kind of start this with like how did you get into alternative music but you've said in previous interviews and, and things like this and I think it's a weird kind of coincidence you kind of share with your brother in some aspects but your kind of introduction to music was your love of Britney Spears so what why Britney what 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 drew you to her um I guess well what it was actually was that um I guess my dad he, he brought me home um a VHS of like a Britney live in concert and um, so mm. like my dad works on the road like he's a salesman so he'd kind of sometimes would just end up like coming home with these like things that like you would never find anywhere. But like um, at the time, I guess um, that, you know, he just came home one day and was like, oh, I got you this. And he put it into the, the VHS player. And uh, I just absolutely fell in love with Britney Spears. I really <laughs> learned off all of the words. I learned off like all the dances, like it. I still love Britney Spears to, to this day. Her, <laughs> yeah. her Instagram is like my favorite thing to go. It, like, it, it's self-care for me to go and look at Britney Spears. It's like, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think what drew me towards her, I think it was probably just time. And to be honest, Tim, like wait, what age I was, what was on the television at the time. Um, yeah. And I think I kind of just like, followed that path for like a long time. I mean, I went from Britney Spears to Christine Aguilera to Avril Lavigne. Avril Lavigne was probably my, maybe my turning point. Some may say. <laughs> yeah. um, and then after that, it was, uh, you know, Jimmy World and stuff like that. It, it, it took yeah. a very weird road for me, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, me and Rob did kind of share that thing because he was like crazy about the Spice Girls and Hans yeah, yeah. And stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I think it was because of well, we, where we were in Ireland, like we didn't even like, we didn't have like music channels or anything like that. So for a long time, it was just popular music that was like we were exposed to or country yeah. music, something that like my dad listened to. And so I think it was just like what was on the television for us or who was popular at that time, you know? Yeah, I, I just think the reason I think it's quite interesting now, because we'll obviously get on to, to the new record later on down the line but there's a bit more of a pop sensibility to it so obviously knowing that both you and Rob had that kind of love for pop music back when you were children sort of thing it kind of makes sense yeah <laughs> yeah no it definitely does make sense and honestly sometimes it's kind of like this subconscious thing as well like you I don't even tend to like think about it but like so many of my roots are like grounded in pop music or country music actually yeah. like so it's kind of not even a thing I think about when I'm singing or like like in any way create music but sometimes somehow it is always the ground level <laughs> so yeah. yeah and then you said like kind of discovering Avril Lavigne and that kind of then led on to sort of things like Jimmy Eat World and, and stuff like that so how were you kind of discovering those those bands and kind of I guess the kind of path that led you down the more alternative route what was it seeing Avril in a sort of skate pants and things like that that kind of put, oh I want to listen to that kind of thing yeah like I mean again I think Avril Lavigne was just a you know well to be fair I still love Avril Lavigne so like it's not in you know <laughs> to say anything against her but I suppose at the same time I think it was just um you know 
time and place uh, who was popular at the time and Avril Lavigne like took on like a really popular stance at that time um, and then I suppose like how I kind of transitioned into other bands then I guess was a lot through um, Rob actually um, you know that he kind of started kind of coming home with like you know Crang magazine and stuff like that and he was like oh you should check out this band like you should check this band out and um we would check them out and I'd be like oh wow and I suppose like I kind of like obviously Rob is my only sibling as well so like it was kind of like music was the thing we bonded over um, and like we got excited about together so um like I kind of always took Rob's word for when he said you should check this band out and I suppose that's how I kind of started um I suppose I kind of listening to a bit more alternative music was through Rob yeah and like was there kind of any bands that even though like Rob was maybe showing them to you and things what was there a band that you can remember that you kind of discovered off your own back and you were like okay now this is this is my band sort of thing yeah well I guess to be I think I went through um a stage where I like only listened to like Riot Girl Punk for like a long time um okay. yeah so like there was um a couple of girls a bit older than me in school and like I literally was like you are all the coolest people ever and like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know and they made me like a mix cd and like started giving me like distiller cds and um I kind of like started finding a lot of bands through that so I guess like the distillers for me was the thing that was like this is my band this is this is mine um yeah, yeah, but yeah. also like bands like Bratmobile and Bikini Hill obviously Sleater Kinney so they were all bands that like I now would see myself as like being huge inspirations to me um and mm. I think yeah so like if it wasn't for those girls in school who were like 10 times cooler than I was I probably would have been like you know still not that it's any harm like Rob telling me like oh you should listen to the band but I'm really glad like that um you know I kind of forged a little bit more of a uh a path with towards the cooler girls in school to be, like, <laughs> yeah. listen to this band or either you'd love this and you know um so yeah I think that it was kind of through um riot girl punk girls in school that were like you know that's how I started forging and like trying to find out a little bit more about um bands like that so and like I remember again reading uh, in a previous interview that you've done yeah. and you kind of touched upon it there that like you said that you were kind of gravitated towards band, maybe not sort of like consciously, but more subconsciously, but by bands and artists that had women in them sort of thing. So w- was that something that, I, I don't know, like as I say, I don't want to say it was like a conscious decision, like you were seeking out women in bands, but like, was there that, that relatability that you had because you were a woman discovering music that you were like, oh, this, I, I feel akin to this kind of thing? I think it actually was a conscious thing to be honest I think it really was that like I I wanted to um I wanted to see more people like me I suppose um like you know up doing what like I was going to hopefully one day do um and I think I yeah I think it's a relatability thing as well it was kind of like being able to like relate a bit more and it's not like I don't think it's like because like you know the sensationalization of like oh they're women but it was more so yeah. that I connected with their music a little bit more um I suppose and I still kind of do um I you know that's just how it is um yeah but 
you know that's not to say that like I only listen to music with women in it either like it's like it just for me at that age it was like such a turning point to be able to see like you know oh women get up and play music like this and like <laughs> yeah and that's a normal thing because like you know when we when me and when my family got like channels like we like in Ireland there's only four channels that you get like on national television for free so like when we eventually got you know you know scuzz and all them other channels like we I, I only saw men for such a long time on those channels and I was kind of like you know this when I started kind of like listening to bands like with women in it it was kind of like why are all these women on the television like why are, you know, <laughs> yeah. why are they not why are they not there and so I think it was kind of a thing of like me seeking out what I was like kind of hoping to see on television all that time you know mm. yeah um, I think that's quite an interesting sort of perspective because I think like this isn't to sort of diminish or sort of I'm trying to word this in the right way so it doesn't sound, <laughs> sound weird. But, like, I think a lot of sort of women who are kind of our age sort of thing, when they're coming up, as you mentioned, like, you all you see is men in bands sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think at that age, like, that's kind of accepted. So I think it's quite interesting that you kind of went the other way and kind of you were actively seeking sort of these these women in bands so I don't I don't know where did that kind of was it just a curiosity or was it I don't know was your mindset just kind of set on that sort of thing I think it was I think when my mind was just set on it I was I just wanted to kind of I think I've always been a little bit more intrigued of anything that like has women like kind of heading it to be honest and like books music anything really like it's just mm. I I think I I just connect more on a level when with women but you know I think it was also because like I loved music I love singing and and I just kind of couldn't really see you know where's the gap where where do I fit into this you know like obviously Rob um, had been playing in bands for a bit longer than you know I was and you know it was only when I started kind of going up to like gigs up in Dublin that I actually like I mean even at that time there wasn't really that many women in bands in in yeah. in, in Dublin like you know and for me that was kind of like not that it was defeating or anything because like I still got up and got into a band and went and played shows but it was just kind of you know it almost made me feel like I was the odd one out because there wasn't many of us if that makes sense mm. um so I guess like I did kind of actively seek it out because I kind of wanted to actively feel a part of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 I get that. And then in terms of you kind of pursuing your own kind of musical sort of career, so to say, obviously we know you now for both vocals and playing sort of the organ in, in The Winter Passing, but, and again, you've kind of said you've had a affiliation and love for, for singing. So where did that kind of come from is it back to going singing in front of Brittany or where has that kind of come from I I think so um well like our household would have been like pretty musical anyway like my dad is a singer and like he plays like in pubs and stuff and but you know we've always been reared and in a really musical family and so I think I've been like singing since I was like probably able to like talk or even just mumble stuff and yeah and I think yeah definitely kind of growing up with pop culture and you know growing up like loving Britney Spears and Christine Aguilera and all like the you know icons of that time like 
I just could not imagine my life without being a singer. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, I was like, I have to be Britney Spears. And that is, there is no question to it. Um, so I think like my love for singing came from an early age of, you know, probably wanting to be Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears. But, <laughs> yeah. um, I think it's for me, I still consider it my instrument. Um, yeah. So then I, the keyboard or, you know, the very small guitar I play, like, you know, it's literally, I, I still see singing as my instrument, you know, um, it's a thing mm. that like I, I get excited about when I hear other singers, you know, it's kind of like yeah. I, when I talk to the guys about like, you know, when we're talking about music and stuff like lyrics and singing is always the thing I like tune into. Uh, whereas like, you know, Jamie could be like, obviously listening to guitar parts, Marty and Rob and, you know, Kev is probably the same. Whereas I'm like genuinely excited about like, whoa, the tone of that person's voice is so cool, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think like, I just kind of always felt as if like, that's my instrument. It was the thing that I, yeah. you know, I think it was kind of more like that. that's mine you know yeah yeah so when did the kind of sort of whole kind of keyboard piano sort of aspects come into things then because was that just something that you were interested in and started dabbling with like where did that all come into it yeah so I think like um our parents have always been like really supportive of the whole you know playing music thing um so they just like were like do you want to like pick up uh, what, what instrument do you want to play and I suppose like I kind of didn't really kind of like think about it too much I was like I think I want to play the piano um so we got lessons with like this local girl from the town and uh I did like a couple of like the actual you know like the grades that you have to go through I can't yeah, remember yeah. how many I got through but um it was crap anyway fucking hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like this is sucks I don't want to play all this shit but now I'm kind of like I wish I like you know put in an effort and because like that yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, sick to me now but um I think back then it kind of almost felt like a little bit of a forced thing like oh, I don't want to do all these grades I just want to yeah. learn to play music and um, which is kind of a funny thing when you think about going and learning an instrument like it really should be just like just do it for the love of it because I think once you start well maybe some people are different but like for me I definitely feel like you know if you put like a task in place for me I'm just like but now it feels like I can't have fun with it you know it's like I have to get really good to pass this grade to go on to another yeah, grade. Yeah. Um, so yeah so I just kind of started like picking up um piano from like then I guess and I just never really stopped um I don't think I'm fantastic at it or anything um <laughs> but uh, I do love it I love the piano I love anything with a piano in it I just think it's like you know it just I think especially like it instrumentally it just like adds so much without being the overpowering thing um mm. so yeah that's kind of where piano kind of started for me you know um, yeah. and nice you know it's such a cool thing that you know to just like go in and just like stop on a few chords in in like you know in my next room like right right in there it's like it's such a uh, what is it? it's kind of like self-care kind of just like going yeah and yeah just, it's, it's you like your I mean? like your um sort of place of haven sort of thing yes exactly we were both yeah. thinking of the same thing we just could not think of that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then in terms of like you actually performing like well because I remember like speaking to to Rob that he said that you kind of did 
like covers bands and, and things like that but did you ever kind of do anything of your own accord like i don't know like solo or, or anything like that or have you is it always been bands that you've kind of been latched to well i've always when i was in school like i used to kind of like join like the choir and like you know like the school choir or whatever yeah. and do all like the school con concerts and stuff like that and yeah i suppose like I have not really kind of ever done anything solo-ish um, you know, but uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how I'd feel about doing it solo-ish to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd feel very alone in the situation. I'd be, you know, no one to like, you know, grab onto or something, but yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's definitely not a thing I think about doing really to be honest, but um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I will go write my own. <laughs> <laughs> But then in terms of like your kind of musical inspiration, like what made you kind of, I because I guess, as you say, like, like learning the grades and and things like that. And then obviously having this love for singing, mm. like, was it always, the, I don't know, because like some like musicians I know, they kind of are just obsessed with the, I guess the academic kind of side of things. And mm. they're purely session musicians. They don't go out and play shows and things like that. But was that always something, did you always have that need to want to perform kind of thing? I think I did without even knowing it really. Um, like I think it was when I actually first started playing shows with like Winter Passing, like I kind of realized that like, oh yeah, this is kind of where I feel really at home and really like, um, I feel like myself there. Um, yeah. And I didn't really like, you know think of that when you know when I started like loving singing and like making that my instrument I didn't really have like a game plan as to where I was going to go with because I actually had no idea at the time where or what I could do only sing you know but um mm. I think when I started like you know actually touring and stuff it was kind of like oh yeah this is exactly like you know what I needed what I actually needed to do um with my instrument um and i think as well as that like for me like i suppose that around the time i started touring as well like a lot of my friends would have been kind of traveling in different formats you know they would have been going yeah. to and working for the summer they would have been you know doing lots of different things that people of 18 would have been doing at the time um which are all things that i wanted to do i suppose i just i wanted to travel i wanted to see parts of the world i wanted to experience new things but I think through touring and through winter passing, like I got to do what I really wanted to do without even knowing it, to be honest. Yeah. Because, like playing music with my friends, performing because I actually really loved it. I, and I, to be honest, I never really thought that I was going to be the type of person that would love performing. Um, because <laughs> yeah. I'm quite shy, to be honest. And I'm a little bit kind of like introverted in that sense. So it's, for me it was kind of like oh wow here I am just like oh, <laughs> yeah. um but yeah I think like it kind of fulfilled that need for me at that age as well like of being 18 um like literally out of college or sorry out of school like into college being like you know I want to travel I want to like experience things but I always knew I was going to experience it in a bit of a different subculture um mm. so for me that was touring and performing and music and be yeah. England and Europe and stuff and, and American I'm like so yeah that for me was kind of like 
I guess it was my outcome of like knowing I, I love singing. I just didn't know I was ever going to end up in any of them places, <laughs> you know? And then in terms of kind of like actually, I, I know that obviously Robin had kind of been in other bands before the Winter Passing started and he kind of asked you to, to join. But was there a sort of a moment that you can remember? Like, I don't know whether it be going to a gig or as you say kind of seeking out these these bands that had women in them was there a moment you can remember like oh this is something that's attainable this is something that I can do kind of thing yeah so um I kind of had been going to like quite a few gigs up in Dublin like you know with the lads in their former band and you know a couple of my friends from there as well and I guess like as I said I think there wasn't many women in the scene at that time but yeah. um I suppose around that time there would have been a band called Kate's Party um mm. who some good friends of ours now um who are in a band called Pillow Queens um oh yeah 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 this was Sarah's like former band so when I first saw Kate's Party uh, I was kind of like uh, what I can do this like you know I, I, <laughs> yeah. I was literally kind of like blown away um because it was kind of like it had been like the first time I had seen like uh, you know women on a lineup if I'm being honest and especially yeah. at the time um, and and then I guess like as well as that like around that time it would have been around that time that like title fight transit entered over it like and what other kind of bands yeah and like I think of those bands like they all toured through Dublin and I again yeah. didn't see any women um so seeing an Irish band with like women in it for me was like a big kind of um I don't know I was like a deer in the headlights really I was kind of like <laughs> yeah. was like whoa this is attainable I can do this um like I didn't really ever know how or who I was going to do it with to be honest like yeah me and Rob kind of always said that we would have a band together at some point. Um, cause like I always like was such a big fan of their bands and stuff. Um, and I kind of always secretly wanted to be in them anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, I suppose when I saw Kate's party, I was kind of like, Oh yeah, cool. Like this is exciting for me. Like it makes the whole yeah. thing more exciting, you know? Mm. And I don't want to kind of go through the whole sort of backstory of the winter passing because both you and Rob have spoke about it at length yeah, in various sure. other interviews. Sort of thing. <laughs> but for for me, like I kind of came across you when A Different Space of Mind came out and I think that was kind of the jumping in point for a lot of people. Mm. And I don't mean this in a bad way, but it was very much, for me personally, it was very much like right time, right place sort of thing in terms of, I was listening to that type of music and like there were songs on that record that like really hit with me sort of thing mm -hmm. and I don't know was there like a moment that you can remember especially off that first record that you kind of thought like oh like we're not just this band from a little town in Ireland like people in the UK people in America actually give a shit about us kind of thing yeah um do you know what I think I think what was that big realization to me was like after our like fourth or fifth like maybe not fourth or fifth but maybe like third or fourth maybe tour around the UK where we actually had yeah. friends 
and we actually had people who were like becoming like not just acquaintances and not people who were just putting us on not really knowing who we were and you know they actually you know I have some of my best friends through um touring uh at that time with the winter pass and still to this day um, mm. and I think even that for me is like such a thing of like oh wow like this thing that we created in the backyard in a shed of our house in the middle of Tipperary has got us on a boat with all of our gear to this place and now we're friends with these people and we're excited to see each other and we're excited to come back and you know even now like that's still kind of astonishing to me that that like that is what music can do and um, mm. but yeah I think maybe as well like probably when we signed 6131 was probably like a yeah probably was like a thing like oh wow like as in yeah yeah we did that like we did that and we mm. kind of thought that we were never going to do anything like that we just kind of were playing music to play shows and go touring and travel a little bit like we didn't really kind of guess we didn't really see that insight for ourselves so I think that for us was kind of like a really big point where we had been like wow uh like we are still just these people from just this place but n now like these people are interested and that's cool yeah you know and going out on like your first tour sort of it, well, over here anyway like I don't know like did you kind of have any sort of preconceived ideas of, of what touring life would be like like did they live up to that at all like what was your oh, experience going on the road the first time I did not know what I was getting into like <laughs> um our first tour was with um a band called Forest from yeah. Wales a great band and still one of my fondest memories actually of touring but um you know to be honest I had no idea what I was getting into like I just knew I wanted to get into a van and play music in England. Like I was like, yeah, yeah. you know, deadly is going to be great crack. Like, um, but I think none of it phased me if I'm being honest, like it didn't phase me like DIY tour. And like, I loved it to be honest. And, um, you know, I still do, which is, you know, kind of a good thing to say when you're like pushing 27, having left <laughs> yeah. on floors for a good seven years of your life. Like, so, um, but yeah, I didn't really expect much. Um, I wasn't expecting it to be fantastic and I wasn't expecting it to be bad either. I had no expectations. Um, and I think that's what made it all the better. Um, yeah, because I just went in completely blind to the situation. Um, I guess like as well, like it was just like it was a great tour to be our first tour as well. Because like, yeah, you know, I can't even remember if many of the shows were well attended, but like I remember the fun we had and like just like you know, we slept in the van one of the nights and that was like, oh god, yeah, it, it was like. <laughs> It's such a funny experience because it was like I'd never been on an experience like this before ever like you know so we all like slept in the van and like two of the lads like slept in you know like the very back of the van where all the gear was yeah, yeah. Like, on top of gear while everybody else just oh, God. <laughs> and I was like one of my first experiences of being on tour and I was like I was like oh this is cool it's like for a campaign it's like you know cool <laughs> <laughs> and because you said like obviously you joined the winter passing when you were sort of 18 and mm. like obviously i know bands do start young and things but i think 
for you to have had this kind of longevity, I know obviously, I, I, again, don't mean this to be a diminishing thing, but you haven't always been super active, but that's because mm-hmm. personal life and yeah. so on and so forth. But I don't know, like when you were kind of younger starting out, like I guess kind of going back to that kind of deer in the headlights kind of scenario, like, I don't know, were you just sort of like, eager to soak everything in and just experience as much as you wanted sort of thing because I think I don't know like touring now for me personally like I still absolutely love it but I have a very much a kind of business acumen of how I approach things like I need to be here at this time I need to be doing this at that time sort of thing whereas before I was just sort of like yeah at all sort of thing so I don't know like has your attitude changed like do you still have that excitement with things? Um, I definitely have excitement, but it's definitely a different kind. Like, I think like the first couple of tours, I was kind of like, you know, oh my God, we're going on tour. I'm taking like a week off of like my job in the bar and, you know, college is finished. I'm really excited to just get out there and stuff. But like now it's kind of, it's different because we're all at different like stages of life now as well, like different like personal things. And, you know, it's, it's, it takes like a lot of organization to get stuff in order for us. I still get like a huge sense of excitement, but I guess, um, yeah, it's a different sense of excitement. It's kind of like, as well as like, you know, not that like I'm a perfectionist or anything like that, but like, I suppose like now at this point, I'm kind of like, like you and kind of being business headed towards it. I'm like, I really want to like do well. Um, like, yeah. you know, like I really want to like perform well or I really want to sing well or we want this gig to go well but like not like to the point of like it will kill me if it doesn't but like more so so just because like I have that ambition in me kind of now whereas like when we first started I, I was I mean still learning about sound I was still learning about live performing to be honest and yeah I thought every gig was fantastic. I truly know that that is not it, that's the case anymore. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think I still get the same excitement, but it's kind of a little bit more, I hate to say this word, but in a more mature way. It's kind of like, yeah. you know, and as well, like, obviously, you know, there is obviously the the age bracket thing as well. Like, you know, I'm still young, but like my back is fucking sore as hell when I (laughs) you know so sleeping on floor is probably like isn't always going to be like my favorite thing to do in the world but it's still kind of like I don't know I think going on tour really grounds me sometimes it really like kind of puts me back into like this place where it's like yeah like this is brilliant you know yeah like I can relate to the back thing but like now (laughs) because so before all of lockdown and everything like tail end of last year beginning of this year like I went full-time tour managing sort of thing so like one of the things that I made sure is wherever we were staying I was the one that got the bed because I was like no I'm driving you motherfuckers like (laughs) I get I get the bed sort of thing I mean it's an unsaid rule and like whoever's driving gets the bed it shouldn't even be a question (laughs) (laughs) yeah um but then in terms of you like you mentioned obviously going over to America. I know obviously you've recorded Double Exposure out there, but just in terms of the band going to America, like I think it's a bit more common nowadays that bands from the UK and Ireland and things are going there. But I remember not even five years ago, it was a huge deal to, to yeah. do that. So, and especially like, again, don't want to diminish Tipperary, but like coming from a small place in Ireland yeah. to have that opportunity what was kind of going through your mind and like 
was it just a surreal experience honestly tim that's like still to this day like one of my biggest achievements is like being in a band that went to america and like i know that mm. like in what you said like it's it's a little bit more common now um but i think for me it was like it was such a surreal um environment around that time as well like you know as i said like we're we're from a really small town like and you know the people in the town who knew we were going to america like you know were so supportive of us going like you know it was kind of like um I think I remember hearing on Rob's podcast with you that like he told you that like there was like a newspaper article about us in the paper yeah. and stuff yeah. and like, yeah I don't even want to get into that but like yeah it was kind of like they kind of overshot it a little bit but like you know even in terms of like we did a gig the night before it in our town which was like just you know crazy because it's like this small town there's, there's no scene here like you know um so but people came out like and like local pubs like rallied um and gave us like some money towards our tour and stuff like oh wow yeah yeah like i still remember i actually still have the cards that it came in in my in my house um you know like they they gave us money to, towards like you know here's a little bit of money towards yeah, yeah like you know when you were a child and like your i don't know like your grandmother would give you like a tenor going on your holiday it was like <laughs> yeah. it was like the local people giving us a bit of money going over to america you know um but yeah it was it was a really really absolutely amazing um experience for us as a band like especially because like of where we're from and like um i suppose like we never really expected to get that far really to be honest yeah um, but we did and it was such an amazing experience like i got to see america in the most beautiful way that like i could have ever seen america like you know um so yeah. it's still such a big thing for me that like i got to do that while playing music you know yeah and it's funny that you brought out that article because i kind of wanted to not, <laughs> oh, really? not sort of not sort of like bring that back but just kind of like is there still an affiliation with with you guys and sort of being like i don't want to say like the golden kids kind of thing but like do, do people in in tipperary still show an interest in the band and what you're doing yeah they do like i mean it's kind of like a small town anyway so like it's kind of like everybody knows everybody's business really yeah so it's kind of like everybody knows that we're you know a big term in ireland is especially if you're playing music is are you still at the music is right, that okay. term also um you know quite a lot i will get conversations once a week actually tim to be honest if i'm just up to <laughs> literally just like oh are you still at the music oh yeah great you know you must be making yeah. some money they always bring it back to money and i'm always like if you knew how much money <laughs> i ever made from this band like um but yeah they there's still that little bit of an affiliation but i guess it was a little bit more excitable like seven years ago or like yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then just in terms of kind of double exposure like mm -hmm. i don't know maybe it might have been because i was kind of a bit more invested in in what you guys were doing and kind of reading a bit more about you but obviously in the kind of run-ups of that release of the record and stuff that you've done around it both you and rob had kind of openly said that this was more kind of about sort of accepting anxieties and sort of how you both were kind of dealing with with those kind of things Mm -hmm. So kind of looking back on that process, like, I don't know, have you kind of 
I don't want to say overcome because you don't ever sort of overcome those things, but was that a, a, in one aspect a cathartic process and two, did it help you kind of learn how to deal with those things in a, in a more capable way, I guess? Yeah, um, I think when I look back on double exposure and like the process of like going and recording that and, you know, even like writing stuff on paper like a year before that, like lyrically, like I think um, when I look back on that now, I was a completely different person to who I am now. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, especially lyrically, like we've always been quite like, um, I just, that's how I write. That's just like open lyrics for me. That's just, yeah. I don't really know how any other way. It definitely was a sense of letting go of things. I don't know how well I learned to cope with things. Um, especially at that time, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I think that that's more of a thing for me now. Um, but yeah, I suppose like the way I see double exposure now is like it, that was like a time and place. And that was a time in like, you know, I can only speak for myself, but like that's a time in my life that was what it was. And although like, you know, it took me quite a while to actually kind of process quite a lot of what was going on around that time. Um, I guess it's only now in hindsight that I'm kind of like actually learning from all of the things that I was going yeah, through, yeah. you know, um, but yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like, it's, it's a tough one. Like it's, it always feels good to get like music out and stuff. And it's always like this feeling of letting go, but I don't know. I think when you get a bit older or something, it's kind of like, it's a it's a different thing for me now. I don't, I can't really yeah. explain it too well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then just in terms of kind of like, as as you say, kind of you've always written quite openly and things like that. And as I mentioned, when I kind of discovered you, it was very much the right sort of time and place. And I think the the way I'm going to want to wear this might sound a bit weird, but in terms of your position now in the band as the woman in the band mm -hmm. and like I think the style of music that you play obviously a lot of women and younger women are drawn especially when they're kind of discovering alternative music are kind of drawn to that sort of thing so I don't want to say there's a responsibility on your shoulders and, or whatever but do you feel that because you've been very open about what you talk about and I don't like you said you're quite introverted but obviously this conversation now like you you're very sort of chatting open and the brief exchanges we've had in person like you're very sort of approachable so is that, <laughs> is, but is that something that you kind of like I don't want to openly encourage that like if there is I don't know like a 15 14 year old coming to a winter passing show that you're not there as emotional support but like you're there you are approachable you are that person that can be spoken to rather than somebody that's not attainable kind of thing if that makes sense for sure uh yeah 100 and i i 100 know what you're you're going towards here as well and it's like you know i don't know how to explain it but like it's kind of like i love people like i love yeah chatting with people i love um but as I said, I am actually quite introverted. It's 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 actually outside of my. It's out. It's honestly kind of a learned thing for me to be, you know, 
out there and talking with people yeah. like you know doing that without anxiety sometimes isn't a thing for me but I think if anything I would the one thing I would hate to be is not approachable um in mm. any in any uh environment to be honest because um as I said I love people I love chatting with people it's just uh, and as well as that like I think it's really important to be approachable especially if you're like you know I'm not saying like I'm the head of any band and I don't yeah, yeah. like you know I'm just playing music with my friends but like I think it's important to especially in the scene that I guess that we're in as well like you know and especially like DIY like you know you I don't ever want to come across as a you know can't talk to me kind of a thing <laughs> yeah. like, that for me is that would go on my bad list you can't do things yeah, like that, yeah. you know? um but I think it's important to be a good person and like as I said relatable because like I mean that's exactly I suppose how I would have wanted things to be when I was discovering music you know like if a, mm. a young person was coming to a winter pass and show now I would hate for them to walk away thinking that it wasn't attainable to like yeah. I, either be up there and doing that yourself or oh they're like this far distant thing that I can't connect to because like I think that was like the thing for me when I was growing up I used to see all these bands like in Krang magazine and like if I had known then that like they're you know probably in bands like you know the of a DIY ethos maybe yeah as well that like but I think like when you're growing up looking at bands in like you know magazines and like television and stuff you're kind of almost kind of think that they're like otherworldly or something yeah and, like, yeah yeah you know what I mean it's just kind of like I remember like honestly I remember this is such a weird story to tell but like on my 16th birthday I went to go see Taken Back Sunday in Dublin oh, right. and, yeah and while I was like you know watching the support band which were Twin Atlantic I think and I, I literally saw Adam Lazara like literally standing in in the crowd and I was like I lost my shit like I was like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> I was like fuck it's my 16th birthday this is amazing so I went up to him of course and like you know I was like yay hi then and I was like you know tipping I was like excuse me sir um, <laughs> and I was like you know can I get a picture or whatever and he was just like no and I was oh, like no. yeah and I was like okay <laughs> sorry and I walked away well, I have two feelings about that that so my first feeling is now that I'm like much older and understand the way gigs work that guy was probably just trying to like stay incognito watch the band yeah, yeah. a little bit he did not need someone coming up like absolutely like you know blowing his cover but then the second thing I remember still feeling after that I was kind of like Oh yeah, like that is the thing. There is there is that bridge. There there's you know between me and him. You know it's like yeah yeah it's unapproachable thing. You know um but yeah I not that I think that I'm in any way on par with Taking Back Sunday in terms of popularity <laughs> or anything. But like you know in terms of like you know being approachable like that's it's actually super important for me to know that like if I'm at a gig that like if I'm up at the merch table that someone can come and approach me to be honest. Um, yeah yeah and on that aspect like as 
it's kind of sticking with the the lyrics and things like that. It's, you said like quite open and quite personal, and and but still wanting to be relatable. Mm. Have you had instances of where people of any gender, however they identify, come up to you and say, "Thank you for saying this. This has really meant a lot to me." And have you had have those conversations come about? Yeah, I've had I've had a couple of people. Um, say to me and also like write to me um about a couple of things but mostly about um a song escapism on um mm. exposure so yeah i think uh that would probably be the most that like people have wrote to me or said things about like you know or like kind of like a solidarity kind of thing like or like i yeah i know how that feels like you know without even like sometimes saying those words like that that's what we're talking about when we are talking about escapism where we know that we both yeah, felt, yeah. you know so and like that's that for me is like it's a huge honor really like it's like to have someone um actually connect with your words like it's it's just crazy because like they're just words <laughs> yeah. I, wrote, that, that I just wrote in a book and I was hoping to you know put to music one day you know um but for someone to like really connect with that and like actually say like I that touched me like you know that like that for me is like yeah it's it's not the only reason I do it like because the there's lots of reasons why I do it but it's definitely one of the main reasons it's like because mm. music for me is such a thing that like it's it's been a part of care before I even knew what self-care was you know and yeah. to connect with music is like been a huge part of like taking care of myself since I was like a kid you know yeah and before we kind of move on to um new ways of living obviously I know when I sort of spoke to Rob it was the first kind of time that he'd moved on to bass and (laughs) you've had various sort of changes in in sort of lineup but the core has always been you Rob and Jamie sort of thing Mm -hmm. but have those kind of lineup changes has that kind of been something where the people have just kind of slotted in seamlessly or were there ever times when you were kind of thinking like oh this is a bit of a chore like do we kind of take a back step and kind of reassess or was it always like no we need to find someone to fill in these gaps we can make it work sort of thing um I think like with the winter pass and we've always had this thing with drummers like we've just like had so many drummers <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. actually like a joke that we have like all the time it's like there's definitely no one who hasn't played drums for the winter pass and but um i think the lineup that we have now it it just went together like you know like as if it was always that way like kevin yeah. he, um like kev's been a part of our band now for God, like, like, it feels like he's never been not in the middle of the <laughs> yeah. um, And like Marty joined in the last couple of years. And honestly, it feels like it, it was the most refreshing thing we could have done because like we, not that it had gone stale or anything. Like, I mean, we always say that like the core, Robert, Kate and Jamie, there would not be one without the other, you know? Yeah. Um, but it was so refreshing because it's like two two different sets of complete beings and complete different musical interests and um complete different like opinions and stuff and it was kind of like it really formed the band like um 
you know, we were already kind of like all like a family. Well, we are family, but like actually yeah. family, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like we are such a close knit now, like and like it really it actually kind of accelerated the music for us a lot. Mm. Um, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't always as seamless as you know Kevin Marty just being in the band. Like obviously, as I said, like we've had our fair share of drummers and yeah most bands do actually like it's kind of like you know it's like gold dust it's like yeah yeah drummer yeah. goes it's like where are we going to find another drummer but um kevin marty kind of like completed our band like it kind of like as if it should have always been them you know yeah and one more thing before we do move on to the new record yeah I did a did a bit of snooping and saw that you're you're sort of finish your first year of your master's degree so what are you what are you studying and what was kind of the the aim to to do yeah so I'm doing um, a master's in counseling and psychotherapy at the moment um, oh wow yeah um it was a huge lifestyle change for me last year um like just mega um it's something that I've always been really interested in like mental health is a huge topic of interest to me like yeah uh and I suppose like I've always kind of had quite a caring um personality um I as I said I love people I love taking care of people a little bit probably too much to be honest um <laughs> but yeah like I'm like the big worrier in the band like I worry about yeah. everything you know but um yeah so I think it was yeah at the end of September the end of July last year I just I, do you ever just like feel a need for change like I was just kind of like yeah, yeah. you know I just like like I know I need to go and do something I just don't know what it is yet and like I'd like I've been reading like you know psychotherapy and counseling theories since like I don't know like 10 years ago like it just I'm so interested in it um and yeah so I just kind of I just bit the bullet really Tim to be honest and I just said right I'm going back to college which was like a big lifestyle change for me something that I was not prepared for um because like I had I had been to college before um but I had been like a a fair few years out of it so um I suppose like I kind of I was really hit with like a ton of bricks with the whole like (laughs) oh shit this is like this is difficult it was really really hard like um but I'm so glad like I'm I'm so glad I have year one done I'm excited to do year two like I guess like my you know the hope would be to I don't know practice that in a setting that um I would love to work more so in a line of like a women's refuge kind of um oh, okay thing. cool yeah that's what I would love to do and um, either that or I would love to kind of um get into like school counseling and stuff like that yeah but um I think at the moment I'm just really enjoying kind of having like this it kind of feels like something kind of new for me if you know because like I've yeah. kind of you know music has been always been like my my side thing you know well not my side thing for a long time it was kind of like my main thing my job was actually the side thing but like yeah it was kind of like I don't know yeah it was just kind of uh I needed the change and it's kind of like it's exciting to kind of be like uh aiming towards something that's completely like just after hitting me like a ton of bricks (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) well as I say we'll get on to to the new record and like I'm just super excited for for people to hear it. Like, I mean, I've been a fan of you guys for ages and it's just nice for you to have new winter passing music. But 
the one thing that I touched upon right at the beginning of this chat, which I think may shock a lot of people, but I think it fits really okay. well, is there is a big pop sensibility in this record. Like, you've always been known to have, like, hooks and sort of catchy bits to your songs, but there are, like, the song Cry Baby, which people will hear, that is an <laughs> absolute banger. So, like, I don't know, what... What was the thought process of kind of wanting to lean more in that direction and kind of have that more kind of poppy aspect to the album? Yeah, I, I don't know if it was like a, I don't know if we said it out loud maybe, um, but I think like when we were obviously kind of in the writing process of like getting an album together, we kind of mm. did know that we wanted to kind of... Um, I don't know, like not go away from our roots of where, you know, like a different space of mind or like the other two songs that we have been put out kind of like in the last couple of years, like we didn't, it's not that we wanted to get away from any of that sound. It was kind of more so that like, you know, it was kind of, I suppose it was kind of what we were maybe listening to maybe at the time and like yeah. some influences and stuff. But um, yeah, like <laughs> the song Cry Baby is definitely like, whoa <laughs> it was yeah, kind of okay. yeah. even when I heard it for the first time I was kind of like what what um you know because Jamie uh wrote that song like musically or whatever and it was just like when we heard it we were like this is the funkiest thing ever <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just and it felt like it felt like a little bit out outside of our realm or something a little bit but it was kind of like as soon as like we started putting like you know everything on top of that and like lyrics and stuff it was like shit this is so cool and um, yeah I think that kind of excited us a lot um in terms of like the the album because it was like again not that we're trying to get away from who we are or what like what music we make but it was just kind of like uh it was just super exciting to hear something that was kind of like I don't know, just like super different for us, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited that you brought up that song, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh, like, because I've been lucky enough to to have the album in advance. And like you said, like, when I heard that, I was like, oh, this is different. And then like, I went back a second time. I was like, oh, I really like this. And then I went back a third time. And it's just, it's just like that chorus is just an earworm. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> it was funny, like when we were recording that um, with... Neil and um, like my vocal parts and that were like kind of like there's they're just so out like far not outside of the realm of what I can do or anything but like it just felt like you know uh it, it felt like sassy and cool and like yeah. and like I think I, I think I still remember Robert like being like okay Kate Whitney Houston do it <laughs> and he just like and I was like yeah yes Yes, kind of, but I was no. Gonna say, it's, it's, it's bringing back Britney Spears. You had that. You had your Britney Spears moment. I always had a plan in place for this band. <laughs> <laughs> then, in terms of like the album as a whole, like again, speaking to to Rob, and you've said it in previous interviews that everything that the Winter Passing done is does is very collaborative. So, was that again sort of the same kind of process this time round? And like. Did you have a different approach to sort of how you approached lyrics this time round, or was it still very much like going in with the ideas, hashing it out with with everyone else sort of thing? Yeah, so I suppose like lyrically, um, me and Rob kind of always do it quite collaboratively. But I suppose this time we actually kind of 
we each took a bunch of songs that we were like, okay, like songs that were completely finished or songs that were kind of just like nearly there. And yeah. we took them, took half and did, like songs that we were maybe vibing with maybe. And we're like, okay, you take this bunch and I'll take this bunch and we'll see what happens and come back with like melodies, lyrics. And once we come back into the space, let's see what we have. And that's what we did. And, you know, it's, it's a very interesting way of doing it because like, you know, um, I guess like as well as like us both kind of like, you know, producing lyrics and melodies, it's, it's cool because like, even though we both separated like a couple of songs each, we came back into the space and was like, oh yeah, that sounds really cool. But what if we do it this way? And like, like that, it would be like a completely different and fresh new set of eyes and ears on it. And yeah. like kind of really kind of, again, accelerated. They, like, I suppose I can only speak for, you know, lyrically and yeah, it kind of like accelerated that a lot for us. Like, um, mm. so it's still kind of the same process for us um, lyrically I guess but I suppose like musically um, it was a bit different this time because like we we're all from different kind of places in Ireland so it's yeah. a, it's a little it's kind of gone into the technology age of like you know where <laughs> yeah. when we were like recording like um, a different space of mind like it was out in my backyard of my parents house like and them songs were being made there and like Whereas now it was kind of like, oh, hey, <laughs> I dropped a, a file into the drive, like have listened to it. And we got like, oh <laughs> yeah. my God, this song is sick. <laughs> um, so it was a de different setup, but we'd, we'd always bring it back into like the practice space and be like, okay, wow, let's, let's work this out together. Let's like put things on top of things. And like, yeah. so it was, uh, it was interesting because it was kind of, it, it felt like a long time in a process of doing it because like it did take a long time. And I think as well as that, like it was because, you know, we, again, we're at this point where we're all from different like necks of woods and we're all at different kind of like places in life at the moment. So like, it was kind of like, it was a different process in the sense of like, it wasn't like 100% done, like all in the same room together at all times, yeah, yeah. Kind of, you know, uh, it was definitely a process of like us all kind of collaborating once something had, once we actually were together, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I can't remember if, if I asked Rob this or not, but I, I kind of want to get your take on it, if, even if I did. But I always find it interesting when there's two vocalists in a band. And I think with you and Rob having such distinctive voices as well, it, it kind of lends itself to this question. But in terms of when you're sort of dividing the lyrics up, like, I don't know, it might be going back to that collaborative thing, or you might have a specific feeling in mind but do you I guess kind of like when you're writing something out like I guess just as pure lyrics as a basic on on a sheet of paper sort of thing mm -hmm. do you have in mind like oh that bit would sound good if it was sung by Rob or oh I definitely want to sing this bit sort of thing like how do you kind of split the roles sort of thing honestly sometimes I think when I personally like when I write down lyrics like I'm not really sure what's going to happen with them like I'm like <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm writing them out and I'm kind of like Jesus, I didn't know I felt that way kind of a thing <laughs> but I think when what really kind of happens is when it comes back into the space of us like actually making a song out of these lyrics making it a full thing like 
again, it does come back to, to the whole collaboration thing. Like, you know, it, it's not really about like who can sing it better, but it's just like, you know, sometimes it's logistics as well. Like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, can I sing this while playing this? What, you know, yeah, it's kind yeah. of like, you know, um, but I guess like maybe there's some parts in certain songs that I've been like, I just think that would sound maybe better with my voice. And again, with Robert, like there's actually quite a few parts on the new album that like, would have originally been me singing but i'd like i think it would sound better with rob singing here or like yeah versa and i think that's like the beauty of like not being in any way kind of like you know caring about like who sings what really like (laughs) he just wanted to always sound the best it can sound you know yeah that's always the thing with the winter pass and it's like it's not who gets to like do the thing it's like how does it sound you know yeah and in terms of like the the album itself, obviously, without this kind of being the cliched question of, oh, well, you've grown as a band, sort of thing, <laughs> but that it's it's the obvious thing. But like, when you're kind of going into the process of kind of approaching it, did you have kind of any like themes or anything like that that you wanted to kind of approach? It? Like, there's something that I want to bring up in a minute that kind of highlighted in the whole. Uh, like press junket that I got sent but I just kind of wanted to get your sort of yeah from the horse's mouth so to say of like what you were kind of thinking of putting into this record yeah um I suppose because again because I was doing like I've kind of started this course um a year ago um I've went on this kind of like I don't want to sound like in any way like you know I don't really know what word I'm going to put on this but like (laughs) um (laughs) I have actually done like a lot of like self-discovery um, and yeah. like I know that just sounds like so like live, laugh, love, moth kind of thing <laughs> but like honestly like it, it has been such a journey for me even the word journey is annoying me <laughs> but like I think a lot of those themes really came into it for me and again when we were speaking about double exposure like again I was a completely different person the lyrics that I was writing then was about a time that I, I really didn't really feel too great to be honest and yeah. I you know although I could process those things and although I could deal with those things I was a different person personally I really didn't know myself to be honest so in the last year I suppose and a little bit before that as well like I kind of like you know I wanted to my side of the lyrics I kind of wanted to uh bring up some themes I suppose about like being nicer to myself to be honest um Mm. you know I I've spent so many years like writing lyrics about like how I feel bad I wanted to and not that I don't think that like I still write lyrics like that but like (laughs) you know um but more so like how I have gotten through a lot and how I've kind of like got better you know and not better but like just you know me like yeah better within yourself sort of thing yeah exactly exactly like so like I've kind of like you know given up a couple of ghosts in order to for me to be able to be like you know I'm okay with who I am a little bit like you know I'm not always perfect I'm not always like you know the best I can be but like I know myself a, a lot better now Tim and like it's kind of like a thing that like it's really hard work to get to know yourself because like some parts of yourself you don't want to get to know and you know <laughs> yeah. and I think that for me was a big thing lyrically um on this album for for my thing and I suppose as well um 
you know, there would have been a lot of, I, I'm not sure what you're going to bring up, but I feel like it's, I feel like it's maybe the second song on the album, maybe. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's more kind of the way that the the press release is kind of a wording of, in that. And I just kind of wanted to see if I could kind of get you to expand on it a bit. Because okay. we've, we've mentioned, obviously, about double exposure was kind of about your anxieties and things like that. Mm-hmm. But the line that is said in the press release was, this is kind of about Irish working class anxieties. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of wanted to kind of get what, your kind of feeling of that is can and can you kind of just expand on that a bit more because i think like anxiety as a whole is is kind of something that a lot of people deal with and kind of have different ways of coping with it and so on and so forth but to kind of narrow it down to that bracket i just kind of wanted to kind of delve into that a bit more if that's okay yeah so i guess like for me my understanding of that is kind of like um how do I put it it's kind of like there is a certain culture in Ireland um especially I suppose around I suppose, especially around mental health really um mm. specifically uh, I guess as well around um you know men and um, also like you know yeah. the town that I would be from um like I mean it's a town of working class people really. Um, and, you know, there is this certain culture around like, you know, just getting on with things. Um, it's hard to explain when you're not Irish. It's kind of like, this, <laughs> it, it, it's kind of like this thing of, um, how do I explain it? It's like, as Irish people, we learn to just get on with things no matter yeah, how yeah. they get no matter how we don't talk about it we don't speak about it we we don't utter a word about how we feel because that would be wrong you yeah. know what i mean so sorry to interrupt you but i kind of get what you mean so because i have like my mum's side of the family are irish and they, ah, very yeah. much, they very much have that mentality so, so you can yeah, see the shadow you can see the yes. shadow that follows <laughs> all of, yeah it's kind of like you know this whole thing of just getting on with things no matter how crap they feel or like how like you know buried you feel like underneath like the things you have to deal with in your life not because like you chose them but because like society put them on you really yeah. um, so I suppose like for me that's my understanding of it um like maybe Rob has a completely different understanding of it like, <laughs> um but I guess like my side of the lyrics will probably wouldn't have been like you know 100% like about that either um yeah my side of things would have been a little bit kind of more on the side of like self-actualization kind of thing and like Mm. um but what what do you what do you think it kind of like i i'd like to get like your understand as a reader of that like well that's kind of like why because i think it was just that kind of it being so specific to to the irish working class that i was just so sort of drawn to because it as you say like my, my, the family that I do have over there, like, I haven't seen since I was a kid kind of thing. But, yeah. like, even, like, just from, like, my, my mum's sort of side of things, I totally can relate to that sort of, you just kind of get on with things and, and kind of ignore the 
the issues, the, uh, the overriding issue sort of thing. So we don't talk think... about issues in Ireland, like as in like we, <laughs> if we can bury them under a carpet in a family system, we're going to do that. It's it, anything yeah. but bring it up in the room, you know. But especially, like especially like emotions, a big thing. But like even apart yeah. from that, like you know, the life you lead, like in Ireland as a working class person, is again like it's kind of like especially with the ethos of get on with things doesn't matter how hard it feels doesn't matter how um you know this wasn't your choice kind of a thing just get on with it it's not like you know everybody feels this way kind of a thing um or i guess like this is just life life's life's hard yeah. just get on with it kind of a thing um it's kind of a thing that is kind of like all it's ingrained into us before we even get a choice to think about it if you know what i mean um, yeah. it was like there would have been like a few like points on the album I know especially for Robert um, that like he would hit on that because like he I guess he feels it like you know um, and like being from like a smaller Irish town as well it's kind of like you know it on a level that's like a lot different than you would maybe if like I don't know it's kind of like the small town living kind of like culture and system of you know get on with it everything's grand yeah, yeah. you know yeah and just in terms of kind of like when the album's sort of coming out obviously i know it's a bit of a, a weird situation because of the usually you'd be touring or uh, and i know you're doing this interview for for me but obviously doing various other sort of press things and stuff like that but like overall like what do you kind of want like fans to kind of take away from this record I um I definitely just want people to like enjoy it anyway. Um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just like please like it. Um but I think take away from it, I think even if people just connect with it, I'd I'd be like super happy about that, you know. Um mm. I think, you know, there's a lot of topics on this um album that like I suppose there might not have been areas that we kind of hit on, you know, um and I suppose it's coming out at like a very very strange time it's kind of like it, you know it feels like i don't know how this is gonna feel really to be honest because like i guess we had so many plans in place before obviously the pandemic as every other band in the whole entire world did um yeah. so it kind of does, it does feel like it's like it, it's this kind of like unknowing feeling of like what friday is going to be like you know when we yeah. release all of them that we're like unsure of when we're going to play music you know and um, but I think to take away from it, if anyone listens to it, it's just that, you know, life is hard, but like we can 100%, you know, do hard things. And like, yeah, 100% like that, although, and I'm speaking from like complete and utter like experience that like, you know, there is genuinely always kind of like, I'm not going to say a light at the end of a tunnel, but like there's someone holding something to like be able to see what's ahead, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think like if, if people were just like a little bit nicer to themselves, it, like it would be actually like, you know, healing for everybody. But um, I think for anyone to just even connect with the music, it would be fantastic. Um, mm. It's amazing, really. It's mad that like I still get to do this stuff. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> and you mentioned obviously like you guys had plans and stuff obviously before all the pandemic and stuff kind of hit and things and obviously yeah. 
my memory has lost me and I should have made a note of it, but you did have a, a tour planned and things like that. But have you guys kind of spoken about when it's looking likely that you're going to get in a room again? Have those conversations been had? And like, have you kind of started spitballing like, well, we could potentially aim for a plan on this date to start doing shows again or things like that at all? Yeah, I mean, we haven't like exactly thought about like when is going to be our next like live gig because like everything just feels very uncertain right now. It's just like mm. you know, even though like restrictions are being lifted at the moment, like, you know, it's kind of at the moment it kind of still feels like it's just it's not it's just not in reality at the moment or something, you know, even yeah. to think about like gigging and stuff. But um, like, I mean, we booked a gig for next year. So like I for us, like. <laughs> For us, it's kind of like at the moment, it's like, because I won't lie, like we all felt like really, really bummed out about like, because we had like a really big year ahead, like, and even be like, even before, um, you know, the record coming out, we had like so many plans and stuff. So yeah. we all took a really hard hit with all of that. And, and I suppose like, we don't want to like get our hopes up with like, you know, oh, maybe by, I don't know, Christmas. But like, we have kind of like, you know, toyed around with the idea of like possibly maybe after Christmas maybe like maybe at that end of the year maybe um but I think at this point we're kind of just like hoping to get into a room at some point just even to play music for ourselves yeah it'd be great because like you know it's kind of um it's been crap enough to be able to do that you know um we actually did do it recently enough like we were all like you know in my house like socially distance and like just having yeah. a sort of a you know a jam or whatever but like it uh it, it kind of just it it almost felt like wrong it was like we should be doing <laughs> this. um so at the moment i guess we really don't know when it's going to be um but i'm excited for when it actually does happen <laughs> yeah which is crazy uh, it's like it's mad to even think about like us not being able to like play music like yeah like. yeah <laughs> Perfect. Kate, how I like to, to end these is to ask my guests what their favourite song is, but with a bit of a twist. And I know it, it's been a while, but what is your favourite winter passing song you'd like to play live and why? Oh, crap. Okay. Um, okay. I really want to say one of the new songs. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to say one of the new songs. Can I have two? <laughs> go, yeah, go on then. Okay, so even though it hasn't been played live yet, just for ourselves, my, my favorite song to play live is the Street and the Stranger off the new um, record. And I suppose actually that we've played live for actual human beings outside of our realm was, I think it would be, God, it's so hard. Cause I actually just like, I'm kind of like our biggest fan. I think I love all our songs. <laughs> um, I think maybe, Patience, please. I think Patience, okay. please. Uh, yeah, that's my favorite song to play live because it's kind of like heavy hair, emotional. Feels good to yeah. get to the end of that song and like absolutely bash the keys. <laughs> that's cool. I th I was interested to see if you and Rob would have the same, but you had different ones. So. Oh, did we? Yeah, Rob went with Paper Rabbit. Oh yeah, well of course he did. Actually, yeah, he's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course he did. <laughs> Brilliant. Kate, thank you very much for taking some time to do this. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having um, me. Hopefully we'll see you over here a lot sooner rather than later. And 
I hope everyone loves the record as much as I love it because it's it's fucking rad. So, oh, thank you yeah, so much. Check it thank out. you. No, no worries. Thank you very much. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye, Tim. So there we have it, folks. A massive thank you to Kate for having a little chat with me. Uh, as mentioned before, A New Way of Living is out now on Big Scary Monsters Records and on all various streaming platforms. Um, and as always, we will have all the links to the Winter Passings, various social media platforms in the description notes of this episode. Um, also, if you want to hear the chat that we had with Kate's brother and fellow The Winter Passing member, uh, Rob Flynn, then you can go back, listen to episode 83. We will also put a link to that in the description notes. Uh, so yeah, again, thank you for stopping by the Justin Insight podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, review. Five star rating would be preferable. That would be lovely. But until next time, I will see you soon. Yeah.